Chrysanthi and Amanda rose up from the ashes, grew from darkness. From opposite sides of the world, these two incredible women have teamed up to help others. Trauma responses can rule our lives if we don't learn how to recognize and overcome them. Learning to cope with something is giving it space to exist. We are better than that. talking about the first of the trauma responses that comes to mind when people think of trauma responses, right? Aggressive behavior. That's a really common thing, isn't it? Particularly those of us who have experienced PTSD know very intimately what aggressive behavior looks like. Absolutely. And there's so many different kinds of aggressive behavior too. Aggression doesn't always necessarily mean physical aggression like you know, dudes chest bumping in a parking lot because somebody took somebody else's parking spot. You know, it can be physical, like uh, hitting or kicking or biting or stabbing or sticking somebody with a pencil. I mean, those are very violent forms of aggression. But aggression can also be verbal, such as mm-hmm. name calling, yelling, threatening. It can be a relational aggression, which means uh, spreading rumors, excluding mm-hmm. people from things. And Mm -hmm. manipulating relationships. Yeah. And there can be a passive aggressive uh, aggression too, which is skulking, uh, refusing to cooperate with somebody, doing things to sabotage somebody else's life or plans, uh, anything like that. Exactly. Yeah. Even and if you take it to one step further to the um the personal. Because you were talking about relational, if we think about relationship with ourselves, um, it's actually stuff like self sabotage of doing a poor job on purpose, or um, using self blame, um, or even self injury in some way. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's a lot of psychological factors that go into it. You know, there's a lot. I mean, it's great for coping with difficult emotions like anger or frustration or being afraid um but it can also be a way of asserting asserting dominance or over you over somebody else over a situation um it's it's kind of this grasping at straws moment you're using this aggression to either alienate people because you're afraid or you're trying to control something or someone mm-hmm. yeah. it would be good to try and understand um for listeners uh where this aggressive behavior comes from do you want to talk a little bit about that how how it sort of comes about oh yeah flight response so there's a lot of different factors that can go into it one of them is a biological factors so some people are more likely to behave aggressively uh, because of their genes or their brain chemistry but also because of growing up in a household where somebody is um exerting aggressive behaviors such as a narcissistic father or an abusive mother. Now, those people often use aggression to kind of control the situation. When somebody grows up around this, they can develop these same traits. Mm. Um, it's, it's the same thing for um, environmental factors. Um, observation and experience doesn't always have to come from the household or it can be from a romantic relationship in the adult life too. Exactly. 
Exactly. So, yeah, so you've talked a lot there about, um, I suppose, the effects of modelling or conditioning um, within uh, an interpersonal kind of relationship, whether that's with family or um, a a partner or whatever. Um, So it's something that we learn very much so in terms of how we observe, we imitate, and it becomes part of our own natural behaviour pattern. Um, And that's largely because we haven't been taught the skills of emotional self-regulation. That would would be, yeah, that's a really good way of kind of summing that up. Um, there's, There's so much dysfunction in the world. And when children are growing up in a dysfunctional home and they don't have that role model to understand how ladies and gentlemen should act, they don't ever learn how to emulate these things. Mm. They don't know how to not have this aggressive behavior. You know, people always say you can be a product of your environment or you can grow beyond your environment. But if you don't have any kind of influence in your environment outside of what it is you're witnessing every single day, the chances of being able to move beyond that and not become a product of your environment are very, very slim. It's a challenge to try to break these cycles to come out of that kind of a home into having any kind of a normal relationship without having extensive therapy and background work and working through these trauma reactions like this. Exactly. Absolutely. I mean, as you said, you don't have any kind of reference point. So you actually don't know that what you're experiencing, excuse me, is dysfunctional. I mean, we know in our bodies that we don't like what's going on. We don't like it when someone shouts at us or if someone hits us or whatever. We know that that doesn't feel right. But we don't actually know if we've been brought up in that kind of environment. We don't know that there's anything different. We think everybody else's environment is exactly the same. So it's almost impossible unless you have an awareness of something different to to make that change. Right. And a lot of the uh, behaviours that I was emulating when I was a kid growing up, looking outside of my own home, came from television. So it's a really good thing I didn't watch soap operas because that is all dysfunction. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I watched too many of those, so maybe that explains my life. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it could. It could could just um, explain some parts of dramatic experiences in your life, depending on what you're surrounding yourself with. You know, the things that I always kind of gravitated towards were the movies of the thirties, forties, fifties, and early sixties. So back then the censors were pretty heavily involved in Hollywood and they wouldn't allow a lot of um, things to kind of slip by the censors. So everything had to be pretty much G rated. Mm. You could tell in the moments where they were kind of leaning towards the edge where you could you could see where the sensors would start to have a problem with it and then it would cut to a black screen. So yes. I grew up watching these movies with wholesome romance and comedies and just beautiful stories, very little special effects. And if they were special effects, it was either Ray Harryhausen or it sucked. Um, <laughs> but just really wonderful films. And then I discovered Star Trek. Star Trek became a huge part of my life. 
because of the lack of aggressive behavior Mm. and because it had these very wholesome values and deep connected friendships where men and women could coexist as friends and those relationships were healthy and they had boundaries. I started to kind of understand a lot more about my life based on watching Star Trek. And to this day, Star Trek and the movies of the 30s and 40s are absolutely my most favorite things in the world to watch. And a lot of people don't understand that. But it's all about emulating that behavior. I totally get that because um, I'm the same. That's what I used to spend my weekends doing um, when I was a kid, just watching those movies and um, I'll let you in on a secret. I'm also a Star Trek fan too. And I oh, used to yay. watch it every week. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh my gosh. Oh. Um, going back to the topic at hand, I, I think you've made a really great point, Amanda, is that um, being able to find alternate ways or being presented with alternate ways of being in the world. And that's what those movies and, and Star Trek and other, and other programs like that did both for you and I because of uh, it was so much contrasting what our lived experience was. So um, that I think has given, well, certainly from my, from my perspective, it gave me hope that what I was experiencing as a child was not what I was going to experience as an adult. Right, right. I I remember sitting back many, many times and thinking, I wish my life was more like that or something along the lines of, if this is what life is like, I have to get out of here because what Mm. I'm living is not this and there's got to be something more. Mm, mm, mm. Absolutely, absolutely. So taking it back to um, aggressive behaviour, so I think we've sort of covered what it looks like, really. Um, We haven't really, so we've talked about the kind of influence of our environment, but we haven't talked about how it impacts on our brain. So, you know, we've just gone through a family environment, being, being aggressive, it actually impacts on our neural pathways in our brain. It impacts also on the primitive brain, as it's called, which is um, called the amygdala. It's a part of the brain that is stimulated um, during that fight-flight response. So if all we've ever experienced as children is um, a feeling of not being safe, then our amygdala um, is constantly in um, being alerted and there are hormones going through our body, our neural pathways are changing and we learn that that behaviour is the way to behave and we don't learn how to self-regulate. So I think a lot of aggressive behaviour, particularly in... um, people with PTSD or who've, um, you know, experienced extreme trauma that has been violent, um, there's a twofold reason why they exhibit those aggressive behaviours. It's become part of their learnt behaviour, but also there's a, a physiological aspect to it as well. 
Wow. See, you're bringing up stuff I didn't even know. I'm going to need to reference this when I talk to people in the future. (laughs) (laughs) There's there's a lot of research that's been done on um, the fight-flight response and the impact on the brain and how that then influences our um, the way we see the world, the way that we interact with the world. So even... um, like I like to think that, you know, now I, I can self-regulate, that I, um, if I'm angry, I'm not going to automatically go into a aggressive behaviour, but sometimes I do and I think, whoa, where did that come from? And then I lean into my inner wisdom and realise that, yeah, actually this is something that's just become like an automatic response, almost instinctive. It, it's like a trigger Someone does something and I'm triggered and I just revert back to that behaviour. And then, of course, I go through the myriad of, of guilt and shame feelings. <laughs> but um, it's about sort of learning to forgive yourself as well, isn't it, that you know, because this is such an ingrained thing, you have to actually, in your own healing from trauma, if you are displaying this aggressive behaviour, if you understand where it's coming from, you can also forgive yourself and next time, you know, put in strategies to avoid responding in that way. That is very, very true. When we deal with our own aggression, we can, we can be really bitter. We can be entitled, envious, angry, and we project all of this stuff on somebody who's completely unsuspecting. Yeah. Yeah. We can only hope that the people who love us don't take it personally because it's not personal coming from us. We might even think in that moment that it is personal coming from Mm. us, but Mm. it's not. But who can blame them if they do take it personally? You know, can you think of uh, any friends that you've or family that you've lost connection with because of aggressive behavior? I can think of a few, few dozen. Do you mean aggressive behavior towards you or aggressive behavior towards them? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> Either way. Um, Either way. Think about it in terms of you being, you having an aggressive behavior because of a trauma reaction. Gosh, you've just thrown me now. I will start. Yeah, um, how about you start? <laughs> I had a friend of mine who had been there for me many times over the years. Mm-hmm. And she did or said something that offended me and it upset me. And because of my aggressive behavior, not only did I drive her away, but I drove her out of the state at the time I was living in California. My behavior was so overboard that she felt so bullied and harassed. Other people were starting to bully and harass her because I shared what she had said or done to me. And that aggressive behavior, not just from me, but compounded because of the things I told other people, the spreading rumors, drove her completely out of state. She lost her job packed up her car and moved a thousand miles away. And she had been at one time, my only friend. Oh my goodness. That's devastating for both of you. Yeah. And that's the first one that comes to mind. That was absolutely a trauma reaction on my part. And I have to own that. Mm. I mean, here I am, I've learned all this stuff about trauma now, 
but that doesn't mean that I've always known all this stuff about trauma. And by no means does it mean that I've always been a saint. I'm certainly not a saint even now. I still have these moments of aggression will scare me and I will yell or Mm -hmm. scream. And I, the only argument my husband and I have ever had, he did or something, did or said something that scared me. And when Mm -hmm. it scared me, I reacted very poorly and I Mm -hmm. snapped and screamed at him and we didn't talk to each other for a little while because I needed to calm down. He needed to calm down. Neither mm-hmm. wanted us to wanted to say anything that we would regret because mm-hmm. we both know what can happen in that moment. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No, look, I, I, I know that I have experienced things um, where I've been aggressive or the other person has been aggressive and it's impacted on the relationship. I just can't think of anything right this moment. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. You might come up with something later on too. I might. But, and if you come up with it after the episode, that would be something for you to reflect on also. Indeed. So. Indeed. But yeah. aggression can have so many different purposes. Um, it's That's actually why our brains make use of it after the traumatic event. Anyone can feel aggressive on occasion. It doesn't have to be a trauma survivor exhibiting these signs of aggression. But when that aggression becomes extreme, it might be a trauma response. I also think it's really important to add in here that um, that trauma response is there to keep us safe. Yes. That is why we behave in that way, because for some reason, something has happened, something has triggered us, and we feel unsafe. And so basically, um, that aggressive behavior response is a way of saying to the person around us, back off. Right. Back off. Right. Yeah, it serves to protect us from uh, showing vulnerabilities that people can take advantage of. And if we feel in the moment that somebody can or will see those vulnerabilities and they're attempting to exploit it, that can absolutely trigger this aggression immediately. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. One thing for me, um, now that we're thinking about it, is um, road rage. My, my yes. daughter tells me, Mom, you and your road rage, just stop it. <laughs> and you're, I, about, you're about to do what now? You're about to go on a road trip here soon? I know, I know. <laughs> um, yeah, it was really interesting. Yesterday I was driving um, along the highway and there are two, it was a two-lane highway and right off the highway, like is a is a, you call them gas stations, we call them petrol stations here in Australia, Um, and a car was coming out and I just stayed in the lane that I was in, which is the left-hand lane, and he was coming into the left-hand lane and he started yelling at me and, you know, threw his fist up at me and as if to say, you know, you shouldn't be in this lane, you need to be in the next lane so I can get in that lane. And I wasn't breaking the law. I was doing my thing and he just became really aggressive towards me and then <laughs> my, response me. That, my response to that was, well, <clears throat> I could use a few expletives here but I won't. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and then I deliberately 
went slow. <laughs> I was in an 80 zone and I did 60. And I thought, well, <laughs> if you're going to road rage at me, man, I am going to pay you back. And so, I mean, that that's just me being aggressive and that going into that, um, you know. Um, kind of a passive aggressive. Yeah. 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 Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's so common. It, it, he was threatening you. He threw yeah. his fist up in the air. That is a physical aggression that he used to trigger a, a an act of aggression in you. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, and in your brain, you knew that he was all the way over there in his car. He could not lift his fist and hit you from that far away. But that no. does not stop your brain from reacting to that threat. No. And, and that's it. And I think that's the important thing for our listeners to understand, Amanda, that it is just, it's an automatic innate response it's not something that we actually think about it's not in our frontal cortex you know the front part of our brain which is the thinking part it's deep in that primitive part and you know we don't have that control um immediately but and then you know as we would as I was driving I was thinking oh for goodness sake Chrysantha you know you're you're re- overreacting um and he's obviously had a bad day otherwise he wouldn't be doing that and so then I started to self-regulate and increase my speed to the proper speed limit and then just let it go it's super healthy to do that too you recognized what was happening you didn't go and try and chase him off the freeway and threaten to kick his butt (laughs) I could have done (laughs) but you let it go I did and that is so important. I mean, one of the things that we talk about on this podcast is the long-term consequences. Mm. So prolonged aggression can begin to alter our personalities. Uh-huh. It turns us into bitter, angry, hateful people, and that's not who we are. Then we start to seek out ways to hurt other people just to keep them away from discovering our vulnerabilities. In that case that you shared, uh, you slowed down to kind of offend him more, to really, truly upset him, to mm-hmm. keep him from messing with you more. Mm-hmm. Right? Exactly. So allowing aggressive behaviors to continue can create these new pathways that cause our brain this as normal behavior, and it becomes easier and easier to be aggressive with time. Exactly. It can actually escalate into greater acts of violence and aggression too. Mm -hmm. You can start out that person who is uh, screaming that somebody needs to move off the roadway. And then fast forward a couple of years, you may be that same guy who now goes home and takes his anger out on his wife. Mm -hmm. So it's important to address that, that aggressive behavior and recognize it for what it is so that you can start to do exactly what you did and go back to your normal speed limit. Exactly. I think also I would like to add in here, um, like you were talking about the long-term consequences on our relationships and our relationship with ourselves. I think it's also really important to for listeners to understand that ongoing aggression like this impacts on our bodies and can lead to, you know, chronic diseases um, because our autonomic nervous system is 
on overdrive and hormones like adrenaline and cortisol are just surging through our bodies all the time if we are in constant high alert with aggressive behaviour. And that kind of hormonal response actually breaks down our immune system and we're susceptible to various chronic illnesses, heart attacks, all sorts of things. So um, trauma and the aggressive behaviour that comes with trauma is actually um, it can really impact on our whole well-being, our whole well-being. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's a clear trigger between that aggressive behavior and the chronic inflammation, you know, for Mm. people with IBD or Crohn's disease or Mm. uh, early onset arthritis, all that kind of stuff. But Mm. as a domino effect, it leads to other chronic health issues like cardiovascular problems. Mm. You can literally give yourself a heart attack from being aggressive. Oh, yeah. 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 (laughs) It's not fun. It is not. It is not. And so the key, I suppose one of the key messages that we have for today for our listeners is that um, being aware is the first thing in terms of our aggressive responses, being aware that A, that we're doing it, um, and B, that recognising it is a trauma response And then see that we can actually do something about it. We can do, uh, we can proactively start to self-regulate our behaviour because often people who are really, really aggressive can end up with all sorts of different addictions, you know, substance abuse and so on. Um, And learning to be able to self-regulate is is so key to... um, having a better life yes definitely yeah and be mindful of your anger warning signs for some people that's like a quickened pulse sweating Mm. um it can be clenching your fists or clenching your jaw um mine was definitely clenching my jaw you could actually see the muscles in my jaw tense up every time i would get angry upset about something Mm. um and when you start to recognize these things in yourself Practice those deep breathing exercises that we did on the mm. last episode or the five senses techniques, the five things you can see, four things you can feel, three things you can hear, two things you can smell, one thing you can taste. And if you need to, you can back up this episode and pause it in between every one of those and go through those multiple times. Yeah. You yeah. can walk away from the situation or in your case, drive away from the situation. Um, <laughs> go for a walk, burn off that energy. You can reach out to a trusted friend, like my friend here, Chrysanthia, is just amazing. Um, I'd be lost without her. (laughs) Distract yourself with something like sitting down and writing or painting or drawing or whatever you need to do. Reading a good book. Think of new ways to reframe whatever negative thoughts you have right then. Mm -hmm. For people, dream aggression you know, feeling those extreme feelings of anger and violence, um, those things might not help that you've just mentioned. Um, <clears throat> so one thing that i found when I've been really, really angry is, like you said, you know, just go for a walk. Well, I've actually gone for like a power walk 
and <laughs> almost running. I'm not a runner, so um, it's just, you know, allowing that to go. And um, one thing also that I've found that is really helpful is like punching a pillow. <laughs> I've seriously. been to punch a few myself. <laughs> Um, even, um, if you know that you're, you know, if you are struggling with aggression, getting a punching bag, um, might help as well in initially to, to try and work through those feelings. Um, yeah. and, and, you know, a lot of people I know have taken up boxing or martial arts to really center themselves and, deal with the aggressive behaviour but also come more into their own body um, and, and learn to find that calm space inside. Right. It's it's very helpful if while you're calm you take a few moments to think of an anger or aggression management. You know, thinking about the kind of things that you could do to help prevent things from escalating. If you think about those things when you're calm, it's going to help you to get through it when you're not calm. Exactly. And of course, if someone is being aggressive towards you, always make sure you protect your own physical and mental health. Try to stay calm, avoid escalating things, walk away if it's safe to walk away. And if this is like an intimate partner, a husband, a wife, if they're showing signs of aggression, make sure you watch for the warning signs that a relationship is becoming dangerous and get help right away. Mm. Yeah, I think that's really great advice. Well, it looks... We have used up our half hour for the day. It does, doesn't it? It's been so wonderful talking with you again, Amanda. I love our get-togethers every few weeks. We just talk about the most amazing things and off-air we have quite a good laugh as well. Always. It's like my my therapy sessions without the need of paying for a therapist. (laughs) I'm with you, girl, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) There is no substitute for a healthy friendship. No, there isn't. So thank you, everyone, for listening today. Um, What's our topic for next time? I can't remember, Amanda. Ooh, I have a good one for us. The need for control. Oh, wow. Yep. I can talk to the cows come home on that one. (laughs) Well, good, because we get a whole new half hour to fill up next time. Oh, dear. Well, that's wonderful. Thanks so much, Amanda. And um, thank you, everyone, for listening. And we'll talk soon. Bye for now. Bye. You can find out more about Growth From Darkness through the website, www.growthfromdarkness.com. You can also learn more through the Facebook page, which can be found at facebook.com forward slash growth from darkness. Thank you.